0: Welcome back to Gnostic Insights. My name is Dr. Sid Ropp and I'm your host. Welcome back to Gnostic Insights. I'd like to kick off this episode by sharing with you a positive letter that I received from a longtime listener, and then I'll move into another letter I received from someone who has read a simple explanation of the Gnostic Gospel, and she had some comments that I would like to talk about. And then my brother Bill and I are going to discuss some ideas that arose in the previous episode concerning knowledge versus information, more clarification about memes and such. So first, let's start with this nice letter. I like this one. So this fellow lives in Thailand, and he has a Buddhist type of background. So he relates to all of this information from the initial Buddhist perspective. But he found the simple explanation of the Gnostic gospel to clarify many ideas for him. So we've been corresponding since 2021. He says... I have not followed Gnostic work or any work for quite a while. I gained a big insight from you and never felt the need to seek any further. Gnosticism, via Google, is portrayed as humans trapped forever. You, however, portrayed a different version, one where the power is always with humans and the eternal spark within them. That was a powerful insight, one that is the complete opposite of mainstream Gnosticism found on Google. There is no battle, only a deliberate perception and deception of one. What I am is always there, despite anything in this world or anything happening to the body. I just need to relax into that eternal me and know that this world has only the significance that I give to it. Attachment is the root of all suffering, said Buddha. Attachment to perceptions, to people, to experiences and to possessions, all are illusions, real but ultimately illusions designed to entrap. The only thing that is real is the energy that underlies this world, a subtle light energy available to everyone once they release the dense, heavy energy of the mind and its attachments. The Archons have power but ultimately no power, a divine dichotomy. They can only deceive us to give up ours. Anyway, I gained something important from you in my own way. Just wanted to check in. Good to know you're doing well. Keep on keeping on. Now, here is a person who has a Christian background, and her husband, in fact, attended seminary course, the Gnosticism that we talk about here, this Christian Gnosticism, is extremely different from what most Gnosticism is that you run across out there on the internet. And that is what the previous correspondent, whose letter I just read to you, said. So what this gal who just wrote to me about the book, she said she's confused as to whether memes are good, bad, or neutral. And we'll touch on that a bit in my discussion with my brother Bill later on in this episode. But here's what I can say right now. A meme, and this is again from our previous episode, we discussed this. A meme is a unit of information. It can be a tiny little unit of information. A small little concept like what is a rock or what is a cup or what is a house. It can be a small definition or it can be a huge meme that covers gigantic ideologies such as what is Christianity or what is justice, as I mentioned in the last episode. What does it mean to be an American or a European? These are huge memes. And then we have in-between memes, like what is a family? What is the notion of family? And family encompasses many types of definitions. So meme of family differs from person to person depending on what kind of family they had. Or what kind of family they believe in, what it means to them. There are good memes, there are virtuous memes, and those are literally the memes that come from the eternal plane. All of the virtues love, peace, joy, compassion, justice, these sorts of memes, these are also known as virtues, and they are facets of the mind of God. They are pure, unsullied by anything that has gone on, by our misapplication down here of those ideas, or by hypocritical treatments of those virtues. No, you take the pure meaning of that virtuous meme, because that is our, that's our goalpost, that's our anchor. Meditating on the virtues, those are virtuous memes. Also, she had a question, what I meant by plane, and she thought I should spell it plane, as in P-L-A-I-N, as in the plain truth. But no, when I say the word plane, it's P-L-A-N-E. It means a dimension or a level. It's a level of reality, a level of consciousness. The heavenly realm is a different plane than our earthly realm or earthly plane. The memes down here on our earthly plane, some of them can be true and some of them can be not true. Even a pure virtuous meme like the word love can be misrepresented down here on the earth. Of course, that's not the fault of the love virtue. That's the fault of our processing it down here and misapplying it or misunderstanding it. You know, many people mistake neediness for love or mistake sexual attraction for love. Well, that's not love, and it doesn't change the actual virtue of love. Okay, so that's that one. So that's what a meme is. She'd like me to define the word hylic better. Hylic, H-Y-L-I-C. This person that wrote to me said, define hylic. You use it as both an adjective for material and perhaps as a synonym for the material part of a person, but what is that, since you describe all levels of life as spiritual? Well, no, I don't. According to Gnostics, there's there's three levels within ourselves and within the world. There's the spiritual, also known as the pneumatic, pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A. It's a Greek word meaning wind or air. Holy Spirit, that is a pneumatic force. So, Pneumatic is the spiritual level of something. The psychical, as in psychology, that's the emotional or mental level. It's the thing that we sometimes mistake for spiritual, but spiritual comes from God. Spiritual comes from above. True spiritual comes from top down. Psychological, we mostly dwell in when we're watching TV, all of our stories and our interactions with others, certainly our emotions, those are at the psychological or psychic level. So that's the middle level of a person. And the third level is how we're married to this physical body. The physical body is part material down there at the molecular level. But above the molecular level, the part that is alive, our flesh or our meat, That is the Hylic level, H-Y-L-I-C, the Hylic. That is the material level. So this earthly realm is basically a Hylic realm that is infused with the second order powers bringing life and spirit from above and also bringing that psychic level, which is our ego. So when I talk about the parts of a human being, we talk about the self which is usually referred to as spirit in other people's philosophies. So self with a big S, or S-E-L-F, and that is a reflection of our true nature, of our authentic fullness of God that we all contain. We're all part of that one. Everybody's self is essentially the same because it's a reflection of the fullness of God. The middle level, the psychical, psychological level, For us, that's our ego, our egoic level, and that is the part that generally interacts with others in the world. Our spiritual level is upward-focused, and that is how we speak to God and hear from God. Our psychological level is what we do down here. Our productions, our working together, our discussing things, our emotions. And, of course, some of our emotions are physically generated at the Heilic level as well. So, Heilig is material. Now, we'll go on and we'll talk to my brother, Bill, and we'll clarify some more, the difference between these various memes. Well, we're going to welcome my brother, Bill Pewitt, Dr. Bill Pewitt. And Bill is going to help clarify some issues with us between information versus knowledge and what is a meme welcome bill well
1: thank you Sid. it's it's fun to be back on here
0: it's great (laughs) to have you on you've become a mythical character on my gnostic podcasts because i refer to you so often but we are so rarely graced with your presence
1: well you kindly say that
0: I was glad to be part of it and
1: uh, work with my sister who does remarkable, remarkable
0: work. So, oh, well, flattery. Flattery will get you everywhere, right? <laughs> okay. So uh, so we're going to be discussing the previous episode where we were talking about, oh, means and, and karma, right. Yeah. And and you had
1: mentioned in their point that uh, what a meme is is a, a unit of information. Right. And that It leads into what we're talking about now, because units of information are not always factual. In fact, in my hypnotherapy practice, I help my clients drop memes that are false. Memes, you know, cover the ego. They create a shroud, as you've stated many many times before. And when a client says they want to change some behavior, I tell them that they really want to find their true selves.
0: And by doing so, they make the changes that they hope for. You so know, by their true selves, you're you're not talking about their ego then, huh? Obviously uh, yeah,
1: that that's actually a great question. The self, we understand the self big S one. yes, yeah. that's that's the real self. And then we have the ego operating in this world, the combo there. So what we're doing is we're dropping off the illusions that surround the ego, get in the way of connecting with our true inner self. Uh, So the ego
0: surrounding the true self, and then the memes are clinging to that ego. That's right. Okay, got it. Go ahead.
1: And over a period of time, you know, to one's life, we accumulate these memes. Uh, i make the claim the majority of memes are illusions. And so when we try to understand ourselves or we try to understand uh, our lives and so forth, is that we're looking through a glass darkly. Mm-hmm. So in therapy, what I want to remove are the illusions so that we get closer to who we are. Well that therapy. sounds kind of Buddhist, doesn't it? They're always talking about illusions. Well, the illu- they're talking about the illusion itself, but we're mm-hmm. talking about the illusion of memes. That is a different point. Oh, so this isn't that Buddhist notion of illusions oh. then. Oh no, it's it's the false memes that, that are the illusions. Okay. Now, we're removing from their shroud these false themes. For instance, if a child is told by their parent that they would grow up not amount to anything, that meme or unit of in information should be attached to their shroud in the future. Now, in therapy, we will drop that theme from the shroud and then the healing follows. You can think of my therapeutic approach maybe a way of mining gnosis bring about healing. And I have something more to say about the gnosis point here. Okay. Uh, I said, since these may be false units of information, that raises the question of what we know to be true and how we know them. Philosophers examine that question under the heading of epistemology. The question of what we know is at the heart of Gnosticism. Gnosis is knowing. Right. That's what Gnosis means, huh? It's knowing. That's exactly right. So the Gnostics believe that knowing comes from within. You have talked about minding Gnosis in order to recall truth from within. Now, Plato would have appreciated the concept of Gnosis since he believed that what is
0: known is a name. That is, we are born with it. It is in our souls. By the way, let me pop in here a second to mention that the Nag Hammadi scriptures include Plato. So even back when that big jar was buried in the desert and dug up out of Nag Hammadi, that has now formed these scriptures and tripartite tractate is just one of the books that was contained in that big earthenware jug, Plato was in there as well. So oh. the, the early Gnostics recognized Plato as an agreement with Gnosis. Well oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay, so well, there's various coherence there. Okay. Yes. Now, now, Plato did state that knowledge is justified true belief, but what is it for a belief to be justified as true? Now, going to our main point here: a mean to be known must be believed by the holder, must be true, must have sufficient evidence for its truth. Uh, The question of what counts as evidence and how much evidence is sufficient are the prime issues of epistemology. So this problem has never been resolved. A proposed solution by Plato is that what is known is known innately. And the, the idea is, of course, not accepted by most philosophers. In other words, innateness is not accepted by most philosophers, scientists, academics in general.
0: And again, what do you mean by innateness?
1: That is being born with it. That is, it comes with the soul.
0: Ah, so what we are calling the self, the fullness of God that we carry around within us. That is innate. Yes. Okay. That's exactly right. We are born with it. It's from above. Okay. From. So uh, the innate nature of the human comes from above, and that is the gnosis. Exactly. That's okay,
1: exactly right. Now again, again, most philosophers, scientists, academics wouldn't accept this notion. They were born with that, right? But you see, nevertheless, they still have no explanation of what counts as knowledge. Now, Plato did say justify true belief, but the issue is, what do they mean by justify? Right. The best that they can expect—that is, the scientists and philosophers and others—best they can expect are well-founded beliefs. Okay, given that. Well founded beliefs. Okay. But even well founded beliefs can later be found false. That oh. can be shown over and over and over again in the history of science. And I have a kind of little fun thing about that. All right. So, you know, what are examples of beliefs that were held by scientists and philosophers and otherwise? There's so many, but let me throw a little cutesies at you. All right. That the universe is Earth center. We're at the center of the Earth, the Earth is the center of the solar system. Okay. Phlogiston. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ever heard of that? Phlogiston was classic. That is, that's the combustible part of material when something is burned. Well, phlogiston is released, leaving ashes. That's what there was no belief for. Or miasmas. Uh, that was considered the poisonous gas that caused disease. Disease was caused by miasmas. Mm. Or, or here, when getting a little more updated. The fish stage of human development that embryos pass through stages that look like simpler beings like fish and reptiles not true oh how about in contemporary sense the atomic model the idea of a nucleus with electrons orbiting it oh no, no no electrons are not they're not particles they're waves they're like clouds that are centered around a nucleus uh how did light travel? Well, it traveled through the medium called the luminiferous ether. Well, that was the reason to tell that. Or that the universe is static. That is, it remains the same size. Sid Yesku presented that view that the universe is static. Not expanding, not contracting. Who? That was Albert Einstein. Oh, really? Or here's a classic. Spontaneous generation that believes that complex life forms Come from inanimate matter.
0: These are right. all thrown away, but were held at one time. So they uh, were—they were considered to be well-founded beliefs. You're they saying. were
1: considered well,
0: and and even scientific.
1: Okay. Now let me take it a bit further. For this this is a little bit of uh, doing a little philosophy of science. Uh, people don't ordinarily understand that the scientific method does not give us knowledge. The scientific method says. That if a hypothesis you're coming up with to try to explain something, you know, something's occurring out in the universe, we need to explain it, so we create a possible answer. That's called the hypothesis. Mm -hmm. It that hypothesis, it tells you what else to look for. So we go looking for it. And we, if we find what it's looking for, that supports the hypothesis, but it doesn't guarantee it. It doesn't bring us truth, it doesn't bring us knowledge. Why? Let me give you a little. Logic point. If P gets you Q, and if you have Q, can't conclude you have P. E. That ah. is, if it's raining, then the streets are wet. Oh, the streets are wet, therefore it's raining. Well, no, because the streets could get wet by other ways. Right. Scientific method is like that. It's as if hypothesis is the case, then we could expect these things to happen. Well, just because they happen doesn't mean the hypothesis is correct. Why? because it may predict something that is not the case. Well, then if it predicts something that's not the case, then the hypothesis is false. In other words, if P gets you Q and you don't have Q, well, you can't have P. E. So you can always falsify a hypothesis, but you cannot verify it as true. That's the scientific method. It huh. has contained with it, that knowledge is not there, but only well-founded belief. As long as the predictions are occurring as stated, then we're supporting. It. So it becomes a theory. That's all a theory is. Okay. Theories never become facts. So theories get well-founded, and they get more well-founded, and they get more well-founded. It looks really, really good. And then, boop, oh, something happened. The prediction didn't work. Oh, well, that theory oh, is not. Uh, true we have to alter it in some
0: way oh right okay i hear what you're saying so you can you can't prove something to be true but you can prove something to be false a theory to be true but but you can disprove it you can disprove it okay that that is science yeah that's science right that's right so science never gives us knowledge Uh, isn't that amazing Yeah. Okay. So because you're saying that knowledge is different than what uh, information or well-founded beliefs. Okay. Knowledge is a justified belief.
1: It's true. But to justify it, we don't know what, how much, what the evidence can be, how much it makes it true. And so that's the problem in the theory of knowledge. So what would happen is Plato would say, well, you see, you're never going to get truth out in the world of experience that way. It's not out here in the world as such. Mm. Knowledge only comes from within. That's why he would say it.
0: Hmm. So that's kind of indicating that a mystic might be more in touch with knowledge than a scientist.
1: Yes, or a philosopher or a, you know, an academic. The presumption is in the academic community, we're developing knowledge. All the best we can do is develop well-founded beliefs, according to Plato, and for the reasons that I just argued for. So Plato believed that learning, properly conducted, was a way of recalling what is already known by a person. So those who attended Plato's academy were hoping to recall the forms in the ethereal world and therefore have knowledge. So the Plato's Academy, they weren't strictly scholastic, they were trying to recall,
0: because that's the only way we can know. Right, and that word is anamnesis, not forgetting. Right, that's good. Now the Platonists would
1: find common ground with the Gnostics, you already indicated that. So gnosis is innate from the ethereal, it cannot later be found to be false. It is through the mining of gnosis, the truth is revealed
0: ah okay so you know the people say that the bible is inerrant in other words that the bible is knowledge from cover to cover basically right that's what infallible belief in the bible is right that's what fundamentalism is that it's uh inerrant and inerrant means not capable of error but We Gnostics, we have some disagreements with aspects of the Bible. So does that indicate that the Bible is information and not knowledge? What does that indicate? Or are we going to assume that the Bible was written by people who only wrote the truth of God? That's what people are. That's that's what the claim is. Well, that is the claim. Uh, there are a number of problems occur. Now, we
1: might make statements that there are a number of statements in the Bible that are not
0: they resonate, they, they are they are gnosis. They are gnosis, right. The Bible, we can tell when the Bible is speaking gnosis because it resonates yes. truth. Okay. Yes. And that's activating that innate knowledge. Okay. It also
1: indicates, you know, fundamentalism doesn't like to hear this, there are a lot of it, a lot of illogical Bible things that don't work together, they contradict each other. An inconsistency that God is all-loving and people who not accept Christ Savior will go to hell forever. So oh, that's
0: that's so a we, contradiction. So how could they both be true? Okay. We know from
1: Gnosticism and beautifully developed that podcast is that it's logically developed. doesn't have inconsistencies in it. And yeah. so the difference between, say, a Gnostic interpretation of Scripture versus that of the standard fundamentalist or the standard biblical notion is that the difference is the biblical stuff has contradictions and the Gnostic interpretations do not.
0: Right. And that's why in this Christian Gnosticism, it's logos. The major yes. figure is logos, which is logic. Yes. It's got to be logical to be true. Yes. And you develop this in the in development,
1: the understanding of the tripartite tractate, It's is is that it logically follows. But see, that's a way of mining
0: the gnosis. Right. It's interesting how many uh, spiritual or religious people do not even consider logic to be an essential characteristic of the father. But we would say it is. It is essential. So it's love and it's logic. So the father is love and logic and life. Hey, the three L's, I like that. <laughs> love, logic, and life. That's a good one. That's right.
1: Uh-huh. In addition, the idea of the Gnostics, they were very individualistic in the sense that they're mining their Gnosis rather than developing out here a church, and theological development, others follow that what it is they're stating and so on. They want each individual to recognize their noses. And again, back to the Plato point, that was the purpose of the Plato's Academy is that each individual student learning would mind and
0: understand forms. Oh, listen, this is very important point. It's not people often misunderstand. They think that I have my truth and you have your truth. But there is only one truth. Right. That's it. People go, it's even that line out of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. We all have our truths. Uh, my truth is different than yours. No, truth is, there is one truth. And Plato said that that, that the eternal forms are one thing. Yes. A, cu- a cup is a cup is a cup. It's not a cup to me and a dog to you. It's a cup.
1: And so what we share, what we share are not different truths. It's when we mind knows this, We're all
0: recognizing the same truth. So we're mining the same exact truth. So when I talk about the fullness of God, it's not one thing to me and a different thing to you. The father is the father and the father has certain immutable characteristics. And we acknowledge this to be true. So when I mine my gnosis and you mine your gnosis, we're literally mining the same exact gnosis. That's That's right. right. So it's not this mysticism where I'm going to drop some drug and you're going to drop some drug and we each have this wonderful experience and then we go to write it down and we come up with different things and different concepts and all different. If it's truth, it won't resolve in differentness. It resolves in all being the same. Yes. All being one uh, in the end. Yes. (laughs) That's pretty important. Hey, there's a little Satori. (laughs) very good that's right okay well This has been a very good uh, session, Bill. Uh, There's some problem with our audio, but the archons are always attacking you and me, trying to share our philosophizing with the uh, podcast audience, unfortunately. They're just messing with us because I can hear through my headphones that you have been fading in and out, fading in and out. But I will say to our listeners that I will have a transcript of this conversation and if there were words you couldn't hear or understand, go to the GnosticInsights.com website to this episode, and you will find the transcript so you can fill in the blanks if there was any. Okay, anything. well, that's good. That's- I'm not sure what we're going to call this. Uh, uh, oh, we'll call this episode Knowledge not information. How's that? Knowledge, not information. Knowledge, not information. Okay, good. Well, thank you, my brother. I love you so much. Thank you, Sid. I love you.
1: Thank you for the invitation. This was Okay.
0: All right. Onward and upward. We'll see you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.